everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Stocks.com doing our weekly podcast. How are you doing, James? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? Good. Decent week. Uh, so you want to go over your trades from last week with everyone? Yeah, for sure. I did get in to uh, some new positions. Um, I sold an iron condor on EWZ. So that is an ETF that tracks the Brazilian markets. Um, also sold an iron condor on FXI. That is a China large cap ETF. And also on ICLN, I sold an iron condor. Um, that one, I think, is Clean Energy ETF and um, also EFA. So I've been playing EFA for a while, and I wasn't exactly sure what I was trading. I mean, I've been doing well on it. I don't remember ever taking a loss on that ticker, to be honest. But when I looked into it a little more, I didn't realize it was pretty diverse. And um, it's like an index that tracks... Europe, I think Australia, and the Far East. So it's pretty diverse. I know I've been playing like some tickers that are just like, you know, Brazil or China or, you know, one country or something like that. But when I kind of looked into this thing, I was like, oh man, that's perfect because I know I've been going like for a lot of diversity and I didn't realize that single ETF was like spread across, you know, multiple countries and like different regions. And I was like, man, this is perfect because, you know, I like to try to be as diverse as possible in my trading. So, um, yeah. So that's just that. how their market in different countries is doing overall. Yeah. It's like a general thing that covers not even just like one part of the world, which is kind of awesome. I mean, I don't know why they chose to like throw together, um, Australia and then Europe and the far East, but like that's the combination. And I never really realized, Oh, EFA you know, like Europe, Far East, and Australia. I, I thought it was related to something else. Um, so, yeah, definitely going to keep that thing. I think I've went, like, I want to say max profit on it every time I've played it. I don't think I've ever lost on that ticker. And uh, probably that combination of, you know, so many different areas of the world and kind of averaging in all those markets is probably makes it a pretty good... Uh, ticker to take neutral positions on so uh yeah i got another trade on and i think these were all for the june monthlies so expiring june 18th um i didn't have any trades closing out i've been targeting a lot of the monthly stuff so i think a lot of my uh trades that'll be closing out are going to be i think may 21st which is the may monthlies um but i have kind of been looking to get back in if i can get a decent pullback on the NASDAQ futures because I know last time I traded them did like a swing trade on them for a nice profit um, but they're still just right in too high and I'm not trusting they're going to really stay there and keep going higher so I'm kind of waiting for a nice pullback so um, hopefully within the next few weeks or something if they do have a pretty good sell-off maybe I can jump back in there and you know I might actually have uh a closing trade because I know on a lot of our podcasts I've got a ton typically a ton of opening trades um, each week but then 
it's usually those monthly contract weeks where I have a lot of closing trades. So, um, yeah, if the uh, markets would just kind of cool off a little bit and the NASDAQ would die a little bit, I'd like to uh, get back into that, but still patiently waiting. Nice. Um, yeah, I just, I didn't get into any trades until Friday. And it was, I mean, I wasn't, it wasn't a lack of trying. I was, you know, I put my orders in and I probably put in, I don't know, 15, 20 orders throughout the week and just would go about my day and then nothing was filling. Um, and you know, I wasn't playing things that were super liquid. So, um, you know, you got to kind of look at the, what the fill is and stuff. And I wasn't really doing that. So I finally just kind of took some time on Friday to, you know, sit down and definitely get into some things. Um, I said two things. Well, FSR, my uh, put spread on them was going to expire on Friday. I've rolled that out to next week again. So I think I've been rolling this thing for a month. Um, I was able to do it for no debit, no credit. So it was, you know, just break even. So I'm still at my original um, credit at this point. And I'm just waiting for these guys to pop so I can get the heck out of this thing. Uh, and the only thing I, other thing I had closing was my covered call that I have on SOS, and that was the uh, the four fifty. Wait, no, I did the uh, five call, and they didn't hit the five, obviously. So ended up keeping the shares and keeping that premium. Um, and the new positions I got into were Ford. I sold the eleven fifty eleven put spread. Uh, I got paid pretty good because it's pretty much at the money. But I was looking at their chart, and they've kind of rejected that around 11.25, 11.50 mark a few times. So, you know, hopefully, you know, that stays support for them. Because I was, like I said, it's like right at the money. Um, my other position I got into was a put credit spread on Snap. It's the 53.54. And the last one was I actually bought a call spread on X, which is uh, United States Steel. I bought the 2550-23 call spread, and it's looking pretty good. They, they're they trading perfectly off this trend line, so you know, fingers crossed that they just continue that because usually when they come down and hit that trend line, they make a fairly massive move up, so you know, fingers crossed on that. But yeah, that's all I had going on. Nice, Dan. I remember based on uh, some of your indicators and stuff that you had built. I remember I played uh, X as well that one time. It made a really nice profit off of the swing trade. So, uh, yeah, that's cool that you're, you know, still keeping an eye on them and able to uh, make some more trades there. Hopefully it uh, keeps playing off whatever trend line and make out with a nice profit there. Yeah, before yeah. that... Uh that hit my scanner and I hit you up about it. I'd never played them before, but my God, they are volatile. Yeah, they made bit. I mean, they made a big move when I played them and then they sold off hard. So yeah, they have some pretty good, uh, definitely some pretty good ebbs and flows in the chart and you can, uh, yeah, there's definitely some nice little pullbacks. And then if you can go long, there's definitely some good swings. Like, I saw this last rejection way up around 27, 28, and then they dumped all the way down to like 21. So that's like a good six, 650 swing there. And then like back in uh, January, I guess, 
they had that pump up to about 25 and then they sold all the way off to 16 so that's like a nine dollar swing so yeah they've been uh definitely good for swing trading lately um that friday candle is kind of interesting it's like a massive green candle but i guess the sellers tried to kill it because it dipped all the way to like 2140 or something like that <laughs> <laughs> and then it finished like as a massive green candle but yeah i guess it uh there's a little bit of rippage there on friday yeah they were pumping i mean um i was up i could have closed out if i wanted to do like a super quick day trade on them for oh, what the hell was it it's like a ten dollar profit or something when they were at almost 24 so yeah and then they kind of like you said died off a bit so Hopefully, you know, they came down and hit that trend line on Friday and then just shot off of it. So hopefully they do it again. Yeah, because it looked like it was like some kind of a gap down because Thursday was like a nasty sell-off, like a fat red candle. And then I guess, yeah, the opening was around like 2150 and then they had that massive surge. So yeah, they did make it above that. Got like the 21 EMA, I think, on my daily chart. And yeah, they closed above that, so... Yeah, that'd be cool. And the Fisker thing, you said you rolled that again, right? Yeah. So, I remember we've been talking about that one for a few weeks, and that's pretty awesome that you can just uh, keep rolling that thing. And uh, I guess that's one of the real cool things about options. If you're kind of unsure of something or you just need a little time and you're still you know, looking at something maybe in a bullish manner, you can just roll, roll, roll. Eventually, they're going to pop. So... Yeah, as long as you can keep rolling it, like you'll make out okay a lot of the time. Yeah, they keep on making like these dollar, dollar fifty moves um, every week, and then like as long as the price gets above around fourteen bucks, mm -hmm. then because of that move, I'm able to roll into the next week, yes. and you know, for nothing, I got, I believe, I collected nine dollars credit one time for doing it. Right. So, you know, like I said, they and. I'm still bullish on them, or yeah, bullish on them. So I'm just holding on <laughs> to get out of the trade because I would take the shares at 15, but just not where they're trading at right now. Like I think $15 is a fair price for them, but right. not until they kind of show some action. Like they actually come out with that SUV that, you know, they've got the pre orders on, or um, I think something's going to have to happen with them for them to actually sustain a, you know, around a $20 level. Like that Apple car or something, they were pairing up with Foxconn or something. If they can get that out the door, that'll probably be a pretty good ripper. Yeah. All right. So you want to go over? Um, I think implied volatility is a good topic for today. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely something um, that I like to see, um, especially with the ETFs. I trade the ETFs a lot. And, uh, yeah, when implied volatility is jacked up, premium is good, and you can get a pretty good range on stuff. Um, so once implied volatility is high for a particular stock or like a particular ETF, I think the market participants are really expecting some kind of a big move in the price of the stock or the ETF. And uh, they're paying crazy amounts for calls and puts like at the money and out of the money so this happens a lot of times too 
uh, around earnings for sure, because during earnings, people are expecting these massive swings. And um, so people are willing to pay a lot more because they're expecting these big moves uh, based on you know whatever the earnings results are. So I definitely like implied volatility being jacked up as an option seller for sure, because you're going to be collecting a lot more premium when IV is high. If IV is low, I definitely would like to be more of a buyer of options. I don't buy options a lot, but I but I do sometimes, and I definitely like the implied volatility to be uh, you know lower if I'm going to be buying something. Uh, and that's like a lot of the time you'll see that IV percentage on the options chain, and uh, if you adjust your chain you can also find like iv percentile and iv percentile is kind of it'll kind of tell you if the iv that you're seeing right now is truly like high or low because you might look at a certain thing let me look at uh one of my favorite tickers i used to play that i haven't played in a long time which is space and uh, <laughs> Pull up their one of their chains really quick just to kind of see what they got. I just want to kind of look at maybe IV percentage or something. Here we go. So yeah, implied volatility on space. I'm looking at just like the main monthly contracts as an example. And for just out of the money call, like the 22.5, the IV or the implied volatility percentage is 101.79. So, you know, it's around 100% or something. We've definitely seen space way higher than that. They just had a massive sell-off. I think they were at like 60. <laughs> now they're down like around 22. So probably after that massive sell-off, people are expecting like some consolidation or something. It looks like they are kind of uh, starting to maybe find a bottom or something. So you'll kind of see the IV percentage there, the implied volatility percentage. Then if you adjust the chain and you actually go in there and find IV percentile, it'll kind of tell you like where the implied volatility sits today, kind of how is that uh, versus historic amount. So like we've probably traded space a lot when the IV percentage on an option might be two or 300% or 400%. So this IV or this implied volatility percentage we're seeing right now is actually kind of low for space. And that's yeah, it's only twenty five percent. Yeah, so that's what you'll see, like on the IV percentile. That'll really tell you, like, space has definitely been more volatile than this in the past. The one hundred percent is not that big of a number. But let me pull up something else, like uh, try to pull up another chain here. I'm just gonna pull up GE for an example. Much lower priced stock for sure. It's only trading around thirteen bucks, and their implied uh, volatility percentage right now like for just out of the money call for may 21st 13 and a half is only 31 percent and you're like well you know that's nowhere near spaces but if you actually look at the iv percentile on ge it could kind of tell you a different story because you know ge typically doesn't move as much the implied volatility you know percentage usually isn't that high so that'll kind of give you a better idea you just so you don't go out and think, well, space is 100% and GE is 99%. So I'm going to sell options on space when in reality, if GE had a 99% implied volatility on an option, that's probably sky high for them because they probably don't reach that level month or, you know, very much. And I think that's where that IV percentile is pretty
pretty cool. I like to use that a lot for sure when looking at, uh, you know, stuff to sell because I want to know like historically is this ticker really that volatile right now or has it been way more volatile in the past? Um, and if the IP percentile ranking is pretty high, then I feel really good about, you know, going out and selling premium against it. Yeah, and just to kind of talk about what the percentile means is like right now there's a I want to get into a trade on EA and right now EA's IV percentile is 90%. So what that means is 90% of the time the EA has traded, they've been below the IV that they are at right now. So there's only been 10% of a time that it's been higher than it is right now. So that's why, you know, as a seller, you're going to get good premium for it because it's typically not this high. And as a seller, you also have Vega working in your favor because if you're at 90%, then, you know, more times than not, that IV is going to come down. It's going to crush the, uh, the premium on those contracts that you sold. Yeah, for sure. That's a good way to put it. You see that IV percentile around like 90 or 100, you know, that thing is super volatile for sure. Um, yeah, really don't have anything else to go over on IV unless you do. No, that's just kind of, you know, to give people an idea where they can go and kind of find the IV percentage and kind of see what's going on there. But then take a look at the percentile to really see if this is truly a volatile time for the ticker or, you know, if volatility is kind of low. Um, do you have IV percentile actually pulled up right now on your chain? I don't know if I... No, I have a, um, a label on my charts. Yeah, I'm going to pull up. Well, it doesn't give me... Trying to add it here as a custom, and it's not letting me giving me the normal. Let me see percentile. Oh man, of course it's not going to let me add it in. I wanted to pull it up and add it to my chain really quick, just to do a quick comparison. Um, but yeah, they're not they're not letting me see it there. Let me see if I have it already on my chain on my mobile. Let's see if I could do a quick comparison on something, but let me see. I don't know if I have it on. I thought I added it to my mobile chain at one point because uh, I know I have it in some scanners and stuff too. No, I just have the percentage, but yeah, I was just kind of curious right now what the IV percentile is on GE right now with that 30%. Oh, it's super low. It's 0.6. Okay, so yeah, it's like nothing, and then space, like you were saying, was like 25, right? So, yeah, like 75% of the time, they've been more volatile than this. So, yeah, it's just <laughs> definitely a good thing. Good thing to know about both, and just check both, especially if you're going out and you're looking to, uh, you know, make a trade. It's just good to keep it in mind, kind of, where their volatility has been in the past. Um, so, I don't know if you had any trades that you were looking at getting into. Um, I know I didn't talk about any for mine yet, so I could definitely talk about a few that I might get into this coming week. Yeah, go for it. I've just got a couple. Sure. So actually, I didn't get into a position I wanted to on GLD. 
I think I put in the order a few times and I just didn't get a fill. So I still need to get into GLD for June. Um, my May right now is 20 cents in the money, 21 cents in the money. So they're riding kind of high versus my May iron condor that I had on. So um, yeah, I don't know if I'll do an iron condor maybe and just be straight up neutral or if maybe they're riding kind of high, I'll just sell a call spread and hope they kind of die off and go cyclical. Um, also, IWM, I want to get on a June position for them. That's the Russell 2000. I don't remember ever, maybe once or never losing on these guys. I don't recall. So they've been treating me pretty well. So I'm going to keep playing IWM. They seem to make these really big swings and these really big moves, but then they always die off before expiration day. So they've been pretty good to me. Um, also, Jets, I don't think I've ever lost on that ticker either, so I'm going to keep playing Jets. I have a May position on right now, and the contracts are pretty worthless for May 21st. So I'd like to get on a June position there. And then KRE is another one. I think I've been playing these guys for several months, and I don't remember losing there either, so I definitely want to keep playing uh, KRE. I believe this one is... Yeah, regional banking ETF. And then also MJ. Um, can't remember. I may have lost on them once, but I've been doing really well with these guys too. And my May 21st, I mean, we've got, what, three weeks left or almost till expiration, and these contracts are worthless. So I could guess probably go out and close this out. So, um, yeah, they've been treating me really well. So I'll probably get a June iron condor on on uh, mj nice uh yeah i just had a couple things i'm i was thinking about it last week and completely forgot so i may do it this week uh doing a poor man's covered call on neo uh they just took such a freaking hit it looks like they're you know ready for a rebound especially they had great numbers on uh sales they had earnings last week i believe yeah um, and one that looks really interesting to me, and they actually have quite a bit of uh, open interest on their um, on their options is HWM. Okay. Yeah, they've just been sideways as hell, and they're like I said, there's actually quite a bit of volume on there and open interest on the uh, the contracts. So I might try and get into a put spread on them or possibly an iron condor if they're just you know going to keep on trading sideways they'll play both sides yeah they made up like a big run or whatever i guess probably from the corona collapse just looking at the daily and they just kept running kept running and now yeah they've been consolidating for like was that like march 11th or something or around there they just been yeah straight sideways so i wonder if they're planning on busting through or gonna dive yeah. back down but yeah maybe a neutral position would be good um yeah like i said ea's one i'm not quite sure with them looking at their chart i want to say i'm bullish on them but they're just not where i want to see them mm -hmm. for me to say that especially they had that you know nice sell-off on friday but that puts them right above that 21 mm -hmm. but they just i don't know i think the sell-off came because they acquired um, Glue Mobile. 
So, you know, every time any company acquires something, the company that did the acquisition eats crap, and then the other company's stock (laughs) just goes through the roof. All right. So, I mean, I may still play them, but like I said, with their IV percentile at 90%, you can collect some good premium on that. Yeah, for sure. The uh, the NIO one is interesting because they made that run up to like 67, and then they died, and they came down, and it looks like three times in the last two months or so, they've tested around that 34, 35 and just rejected it. Like they rejected it hard after the big sell-off, ran up, another rejection, came back down, rejected it again. And that's weird. That candle on Friday just closed above the 21 EMA. It's like, uh, it looked like a big gap down, maybe early pre-market, and then they just blast it off. And yeah, that's kind of an interesting one there because it looks like they've rejected around that 34, 35 several times that might be some good support yeah so i was thinking about going out and uh buying the uh, let me pull up the chain real quick yeah i was gonna go out and buy the uh may 28th and then i'd have four weeks to sell uh calls against it so i don't know yeah i'll see how everything's trading on monday morning and you know more than likely be putting that one on yeah, that's a pretty decent pullback. And then to see the you know buyers kind of step in 34, 35 so many times, that looks like a pretty good setup. Yeah, and that's uh, the only things I had on my on my radar this week. Cool. All right, man. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to go over or if it pretty much covers it. No, I think that's it. Cool. All right, man. I'll see you later. All right. Catch you later. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Step and go check out our YouTube channel. That's WS Trades on YouTube. The link is in the bio. We've got a lot of videos over there, especially the educational videos that the podcast really isn't the best format for. It's more of a visual thing. So hit the subscribe and hit the notification bell so you know when we upload new videos. We've also got training videos on different platforms like Robinhood and Weevil. And hit the website, that's wstrades.com, where we update our watch lists, certain things that were kind of piquing our interest. Uh, We upload different scanners to kind of narrow your trading view and also indicators that we build.